one woman that is a Mayan abdominal massage therapist who's been practicing steaming for the last 25 years, she was saying, and she also teaches. Um, for her, you know, this has been a regular part of her practice, but since having the seat, she's just saying it's making it so much more, so much simpler that she's able to do it more regularly and has noticed some shifts like post-menopause where she's feeling, you know, a bit more sensation come back, even though she's been practicing for a long time, being able to make it a more regular ritual with a tool that just makes it so much more accessible with her typical routine has really changed the way that she's feeling in her body. I'm Natasha Kingsbury. I'm Marin Green, and this is the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Holistic OBGYN Podcast. If you're watching, or if maybe there's even a little bit of a slur in my speech, it's because my face met head-on with a tree trunk just yesterday the day before I'm recording this, while I was mountain biking in Cherokee Park here in Louisville, Kentucky, I got thrashed. And so I've got a big old swollen right side of my face. So if you're interested in seeing what that looks like, of course, this podcast is on YouTube. What a way to uh, to start the show. Yeah. So I survived. The tree stump survived, of course. <laughs> and I played pickleball today and hobbled around on a bum knee from that wreck but uh, feeling good on the mend. Just wanted to give you a little disclaimer in case you do happen to catch the gnarly bruise on my face if you see the intro to this podcast over on the YouTube channel. But I digress. This is another really, really fun episode that I got to do with um, a woman and her partner, Jessica and Andrew Pratt, who they threw a Hail Mary. They realized through Jessica's own sort of healing journey, that there was a really, really great benefit to so many women um, from the standpoint of this ancient and new to many of us technology of yoni or vaginal or pelvic steaming, call it what you will. The, the, the reality of this practice is it's super, super simple. And sometimes very, very simple things don't seem like they can possibly have the benefit of a $100 million pharmaceutical or a surgery that your doctor has told you you absolutely need to have, right? These are highly trained professionals. And the medical literature does not support this simple steaming practice. So how could it possibly be a benefit? Well, we don't need a Harvard study to tell us that breastfeeding is better than bottle feeding or formula feeding any more than we need a practice that is anecdotally um, convinced me, has convinced me that there is definitely a room for this in every women's health practice in the United States. I have had women with fertility issues, with fibroids, with anovulatory um, quote cycles and ovulation, whether it's PCOS or for some other reason, um, early atypical cells found uh, in the endometrium, uh, abnormal cells on the cervix, um, adenomyosis, pelvic pain. I mean, you name it, I have found some use for this. Chronic UTIs or recurrent 
bladder symptoms. I mean, all sorts of things. So when I got interested in this, I got to be friends with Kelly Garza, the steamy chick. I took her steaming facilitator program and I started steaming myself. Well, I will tell you that steaming is absolutely very, very unlikely, let's say, to cause you any harm. But I did it over a camp stove on a bedside commode, and I lit the the uh, uh, nylon casing around the jet boil stove on fire while I was doing it. And so I had to jump off very, very quickly before I had any issue um, <laughs> to my lower parts, let's just say. And since then, I found, wow, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I got a Bunsen burner, and then that you can continuously heat a pot of water that way. But it was still like a whole, a whole production, right? And they do make, you know, nice cedar, you know, sauna stools with basically it's a stool with a hole in it. You put some boiling water underneath there, and you're just basically taking tea and the steam and the the additional um, therapeutic benefits of a variety of different herbs that you can mix and match based on your specific needs. Um, it comes up through the hole and it flushes into your holes, <laughs> your anus. Um, if you have a vagina and a cervix, it's going to flush up into those those structures on the outside, the vulva, the testicles, all over the outside, into the anal verge. You're going to get steam permeating through all of these tissues, which restores blood flow optimally. And then if you get some additional therapeutic benefits of the herbs, just cherry on top. The sauna stool, the boiling pot of water, all of that is great. And if that's what you do, that's what you do. But then I met Jessica Pratt. She was like, could I send you one of my stools? I think you're really going to like it. And it changed everything. So it has a stainless steel canister that through, I, I believe it's an electrolysis process. You get a steam very, very quickly um, without having to carry a hot pot of water or anything like that. She also sent me some herbs, lovely herbs. And then there's a very, very comfy, kind of like a toilet seat on top. It's plastic, but the, the, all of the heating elements are all metal. It is beautiful. There's a red light for some additional therapy and you can remove the toilet seat and they have a face sort of uh, uh, accoutrement that you can actually do a, a facial steaming process there as well. I loved it. And I was like, we got to get this to more people. And I said, you know what? The best way to do that is for you and Andrew, your husband, your partner in this whole operation to come on and talk about what that journey was like for you. Why did you get into this? What has this done for Andrew and his understanding of the female anatomy and some of the benefits of steaming? I uh, don't oftentimes do this just to bring people on to talk about products, but their story, their journey, their um, sort of commitment to the very, very simple ways that we can care for ourselves, especially the women in our lives. Um, it's a, it was a really, really, really um, awesome opportunity for me to, to have one of those conversations from man and father to a woman, a man, um, parents, and to really, really try to help you understand and clarify how this steaming practice can be done easily, effectively for a variety of women's health issues. So you're going to love this this episode. If you feel compelled to check out Leia Moon, they are the, that is the name of this company. Go to um, leiamoon.com, and if you um, look in the podcast description, you're going to find a specific link there for you to save fifty dollars on your purchase of one of these stools. I would have it right here on camera at this moment, except I've lent it to one of our friends who's utilizing it for some yoni and cervical um, work, we'll just say, that uh, has been very, very important to them. One other thing I haven't mentioned is when a person develops abnormal cells on the cervix, so they get persistent HPV, there's a blood flow issue, there's an immune system issue. Um, and this goes, this is really the same issue that leads to all of the other problems that I just mentioned. 
steaming is a part of the a part of a a very very healthy self care practice that can help you with your persistent HPV. It can help you with these abnormal cells because by restoring blood flow and doing a bunch of other a variety of lifestyle factors in order to improve your your immune health, your adrenal health, your endocrine system, your nervous system, all of those things, your gut health. Once you get all that that on board, if you can get blood flow, get all those healthy healing immune cells to this to the uh, tissues, you're going to find that your your persistent HPV screen is going to come back negative like that. Your abnormal pap is going to be totally clean, clean bill of health next time. So we've incorporated a lot of steaming um, education and implementation um, resources into our new program, Clear and Free. It's the newest addition of the Born Free Method, the Born Free Universe. Um, and if you want to check that out, uh, by the time you're hearing this, we are going to already have a number of people enrolled and taking this program. It's 90 plus lessons on everything under the sun from a lifestyle management standpoint, but also a lot of education and demystification of the cervical cancer screening process. You're going to absolutely love this program. We also include six months of weekly call, uh, I'm sorry, monthly calls with me and Mimi Linquist, my co-creator. You're going to get a free bottle of um, Immune Intel HCC whenever you enroll, and you're going to have us in your corner to help coach you through this otherwise very simple thing that has been made overly complicated and riddled with fear from your OBGYN or nurse practitioner. So go to clearhpv.com if you're interested in that. We also talk quite a bit about steaming in the Born Free Method. And I've had Kelly Garza come onto the show to talk about all of the things I've already mentioned, but also utilizing steaming for postpartum recovery and labor preparation. Yeah, I said it. It's awesome. So um, bornfreemethod.com if you want to get um, into that community. So um, I am going to be paring down the sponsors for this podcast because I'm I'm really kind of tired of reading ads and I don't want to be boring people with stuff that they're just going to skip over anyway. So by, let's see, the end of November, there's going to only be one reigning sponsor of the podcast, a product that I believe in so near and dear to me, and that is Immune Intel HCC. Um, if you want to learn more about that product, go to the medicine without the E, themedicine.com slash products, use code beloved10. You can save 10% on your bottle of Immune Intel HCC, which is clinically demonstrated to help clear HPV um, for those of you out there who just can't seem to integrate this pesky virus. But we do have one other sponsor, and that is Weenatal, one of the best prenatal vitamins I've ever come across, also supported by Dr. Mark Hyman, sort of like the gangster of functional medicine. I've trained with him at the Institute for Functional Medicine. He is, he is an amazing podcast of his own. Um, he and I are both backing this uh, vitamin, which is for both men and for women who are on their fertility journey. Um, the reason I like it so much is not only are you getting adequate amounts of vitamin D and folate and um, choline and all this other stuff, they also are so thoughtful about the packaging. Um, nor, many of the good vitamins out there, and there's a lot of good vitamins out there. They're, they're, they're definitely outnumbered by, the, by all the junky vitamins out there, but a lot of them require you to take 10 capsules per day. Weenatal has figured out a way to formulate their capsules so that you only have to take three capsules per day and still enjoy all the benefits of their vitamin. Um, when you subscribe, you get a glass jar and a travel size jar, by the way, which, which I've been using for a variety of supplements, but you get your glass jar, and then every month they send you a sleeve of more capsules to refill your stock for the next couple months. I love that because it minimizes the waste. I get people sending me products all the time and there's so much packaging, so much plastic and cardboard and everything that goes to waste. That's a part of the reason that I'm not doing as many affiliate um, engagements anymore, except for really, really great companies that I really, really love like Leia Moon um, and like Steamy Chick and Immune Intel. I don't want all of this junk 
filling up my garbage can every month. And if you care about that, you care about the health of your temple when you're growing a baby from preconception all the way through postpartum hell, these are great everyday multivitamins for men and women. Go to weenatal.com slash beloved. You will save some money. And, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, you won't save some money. You're going to get, it's even better than that. Instead of saving a couple bucks, they're throwing in a free bottle of their Omega DHA Plus, which is one of the best fish oils I've found in the prenatal space. Um, that's going to be free of charge whenever you add any prenatal product to your um, to your checkout cart at weenatal.com. So go to weenatal.com slash beloved. You're going to love them. They'll send you a little um, pregnancy um, mind body journal. That's amazing. Um, and then of course you and your partner are going to be able to take these together every single day as you strive to have the healthiest pregnancy and childbirth experience that you can possibly dream of. So thank you. We for supporting the show. All right, guys, without further ado, the founders, the creators, the head honchos at Lamoon, my new friends from afar, Jessica and Andrew Pratt. <laughs> Jessica and Andrew, Leia Moon, you guys are here. Finally, we got it to work out. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, thanks. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. You, you, uh, for those listening, this whole podcasting thing sounds really easy, but we had um, to make sure we dialed in the audio because I really want to hear, um, I want you guys, listeners, to hear from Jessica and Andrew who have a, um, a very sort of unique offering out there, which is a reliable um it is plastic but there's a stainless steel drum within which the water can be heated and you can sit on this padded stool you can also use it for facials in order to engage in um, maybe your first vaginal or yoni steaming practice so when you guys reached out jess i think it was you who reached out you were like hey do you want me to send you a stool and i was a little skeptical honestly because i was like in the process of coming up with a uh, a blueprint to, to build my own out of cedar and whatnot. And then it arrived and I was like, scrap the blueprint. This is exactly what I need and what everybody else needs. So maybe, um, why don't we guys start by saying, first off, you guys are in a pretty niche space, right? Yoni steaming is starting to emerge as maybe this really great self-care thing, but why go like, why plunge into producing a stool? Like what was the motivation there? I think just like you, I was trying to dial in my setup at home. Um, and for me, I didn't even get to the building the wood stool part. I was boiling a pot of water on my stovetop in my Brooklyn apartment, <laughs> setting it on the floor of my tiny li living room, wrapping my body in a blanket and doing my best to kind of, you know, do my goddess squat and hover over this to relax. And it felt really kind of dissonant in that moment of trying to relax, but also trying to hold this precarious position over a boiling pot of water. And yeah, I came up with some other creative ways of, you know, um, being more in child's pose or on my knees with pillows, but it was really hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of that is based on how traditionally women practice this through you know, many generations and many different cultures all over the world. Um, but here we are in these modern times where we have so much more technology available to us. And yeah. Andrew and I were dating and living together at the time. And he was like, well, you're an architect. You should design a seat for this. So that was right. what got the wheels turning. Yeah, she came and home from a women's circle and showed me this 
this whole thing that they were doing, which I had never heard of, but something about it clicked with me when she showed me the whole thing and then went through the experience and was just talking about how amazing it was. And yes, she's an architect by trade. So when I saw like how cumbersome the setup was immediately, I was like, you could design something for this. That's going to be way better than just doing what you're doing right here. And yeah, that's what kicked it all off. Yeah. So I've done Kelly Garza, who's the steamy chick. I, I know that you're probably uh, friends with her, at least acquaintances. Um, for sure. I did her training and I went through the same process. I was like, well, I got to try this out. In fact, part of the training is set it up and do the steam and then take pictures and report back. And I was like, all right, well, what I started with was a big pot of water and then books stacked up on either side. And then I'm kind of like one foot's a little higher than the other, but I'm just in a deep squat for like 10 minutes, which is not that big of a deal, but it certainly isn't relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find some benefit, as I told you before we started recording, on a rash that I had on my inner thighs, like in my groins, like a jock itch kind of pattern. Um, I was also thinking maybe I'll use this in order to decrease my sperm count by like blasting my gonads with steam. Um, I never really got there. Uh, because I really wasn't totally situated with how this steaming practice was going to look like. Plus, like how often do you have to do it to decrease your sperm count and all this other stuff? So some of the other options that I've learned about are there's some beautiful, you know, stools out there made of cedar and oak and and all these different options. Some of them, you know, are expensive because it's like handmade. It's like a a piece of craftsman uh, furniture. On the other hand, you could squat over a bowl, which is uncomfortable. And then the other option I found was like a bedside commode. The problem is that there was no way of containing the steam. So it was just going up over the genitals, around the anus, around the perineum. And so it was like, ah. And then you sent me the stool and it was like, this makes so much sense. So what are some of the features of the Leia Moon stool that kind of differentiate it from some of these other options? Because obviously you took those into account when you were designing it. Yeah, and probably the number one objection to steaming that you hear like from people that have probably never steamed before is like, oh, don't do that. You could burn yourself. So sure. that was one question that we really wanted to answer if we we're going to be making an electronic steam seat. So the one of the features we're very proud of figuring out how to finagle was um, introducing a steam safe temperature control system. So with this seat, That's there's tricky, a sensor yeah. inside that will measure the temperature of the steam in real time and display it on a little LCD screen for you to, to watch. But you can also program in the temperature that you want to steam at and calibrate it during your session, and it will stay within like a five-degree range of what you're inputting. Um, yeah. And it doesn't go higher than 115 degrees. So it's also kind of controlling how hot it can get within the chamber. I I will share, based on what you just said, I will share that when I was trying to figure out a way to do a continuous steam, I started with a, a jet boil that I had from my backpacking days. And I put the pot on top of there, lit the jet boil, and then sat there for a while. And the jet boil sheath caught on fire. And I was like, why is it so, oh my God, there's a fire. There was like a fireball under me. So for those out there who have heard this is unsafe and all that, it is not unsafe if it's done right. I just didn't do it right. So this is the easiest, most affordable way to get started because all of that sort of worry kind of goes away. There's almost no way to mess this up. If anything, you haven't set the temperature high enough and you're maybe not getting the most benefit, like big deal. So you adjust it next time. Um, 
you know, Andrew, if you guys aren't are, are listening, there is a um, a YouTube version of this. Andrew, while um, Jess was explaining this, Andrew held up the steam chair. It has like a couple buttons. It has a plastic guide, and then there's a stainless steel bowl on the inside. So you're not heating up plastic. You're actually hydrolyzing the water, I suspect, and that is causing the the steam. So you put a lot of really, you know, a lot of thoughtfulness into the design here. Um, Andrew, I'd be curious to hear from you. Have you tried steaming and have you used this chair for yourself, given that we've got some extra bait and tackle there in order to <laughs> accommodate? Yes, I have tried it. Um, it's it's for me, I've always been an advocate of sauna, generally speaking, and yeah. steam rooms. You know, back when I lived in Brooklyn, I used to go to this place called Body by Brooklyn that was a, it had a whole, uh, you know, multi-steam sauna set up and I would do rounds in there. So I've always been a proponent of the heat, moist and dry to the body, generally speaking, uh, for the, you know, the cleansing effects and the the relaxation benefits. And I would actually do my workouts in the steam room. I was kind of a psycho. I would oh, cool. bring in cinder blocks and do squats <laughs> in the steam room. So I've been on this like steam sauna thing myself for a long time. Um, when it comes to using this product, I've, I've tried it a couple times. I mean, we've really geared it more towards women and specifically vaginal steaming. That being said, there's there's a lot to be said for lingam steaming. Um, and you're right for the bait and tackle for men, it's doable on, on this seat, but we haven't, you know, geared a product really that's built for the, the male anatomy yet. Although that may be something, you know, in the pipeline. And we do have other men who have used this product who are actually endorsing it. We have a couple of, we, we've got a pretty well-known male affiliate who uses this product and he's super into steaming, uh, down there. For, for me, that's not been like a regular part of my self-care routine, but because um, I haven't had any major issues that I've felt that I've that I've really needed for. And I'm, I, I really have my own sauna steam, like full body regimen. Yeah, but it's really geared towards vaginal steaming. And for that, we 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 went all in on trying to make it the best possible version of what it could be from day one, which is why, you know, we hatched this idea in 2016. Here we are, you know, almost seven years later, and it's finally the product is here, but that, you know, involved multiple iterations of going back and forth with uh, design engineers, materials engineers, you know, consulting on getting the best, highest quality, highest grade materials for each and every component, going through rigorous testing processes to make sure that, everything was skin safe, non-toxic, non-porous foam for the seat cushion, you know, BPA, BPA, BPS, phthalate free, multiple third party testing certifications that all the electronics were safe, you know, bill of materials for the structure and for the electronics. So uh, it's been just this massive process that we didn't even know what we were getting into but we, we <laughs> I'm sure when we hatched the idea we 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 went all in and so you know here we are and we're really happy that at this point we've got you know hundreds of people in the United States right now that have this product that are using it we're getting great feedback so far uh so it's yeah. it's, it's it's going pretty well but for men to answer your question you know I think we'll, we'll get there to like getting more of a custom design for them but this was really designed with women in mind but it, it can be used by men and, it, and it's being done 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tried, I had to kind of stick things in there, but what, what you guys have to imagine is when you get your seat, which by the way, if you go to Leia moon, L E I a moon.com use code beloved 20, you'll get 20% off. Um, highly recommend this product guys, even if you're only using it occasionally or postpartum or whatever. I mean, there's reasons you can steam. There's, there's indications for steaming, even in late for labor preparation, later in pregnancy, find a steaming facilitator before you start doing that. I happen to be one of those steamytick.com is kind of like the, the OG, uh, in the United States anyways, on how to find the directory of practitioners. But, um, what we're talking about here, when you get your, your steam chair is that there's kind of like a toilet seat cover, except there's not a cutout in the front for genitals. So it really concentrates for those who are yoni steaming. It concentrates all of the steam into the areas that you want it, including into the anus, across the perineum, into the around the, the, the external genitalia, the vulva, the clitoris, into the vagina. The steam goes up into the cervix. It flushes through the uterine cavity, out through the fallopian tubes. And so you can imagine with all of the areas that are getting better perfusion as a result of the steam, as well as the additional um, medicinal herbs, again, you can get herbs um, in different blends. Um, do you guys sell those at your website or is? Yes, we do. Okay, perfect. So you can get them there as well. Um, you have different you know, applications for these herbs, but you can imagine that there is a variety of women's health issues that can be, um, let's say, mitigated uh, with the support of steam. So Jessica, let's go back a little bit in time and you don't have to go into graphic detail, but was there something you were struggling with in your own health um, that kind of prompted you to look into this technology? It kind of came to me, I wasn't looking at for it specifically for that reason, um, but I did, I was suffering from very irregular periods for many years due to an endometrial polyp that mm. I didn't even really know was there until maybe like four years of irregular periods and just still kind of going through the motions. And I think so many women have irregular cycles and just are made to feel that that's normal or it's something that's going to take yeah. a lot of time to hack away at. And in our, you know, modern working woman world, we're not supposed to slow down and really tune in to this amazing life-giving organ in our bodies that has yeah. such a unique cyclical nature. We're kind of really tuned out off to the cycling nature of how we operate. Um, and I was certainly one of those people. So that's sort of what I um, blame my polyp on was just complete burnout. I was you know, getting my master's of architecture, working for this big firm in London at the time, dealing even with some like emotional, what I would call like, trauma, little t trauma, and then just having really irregular periods and just not really caring, you know, just not thinking that that was important. And eventually uh, I was told I may be going through early menopause. You know, this was well before I partnered and had children. So I was just like, how is that possible? I'm in my late twenties. Um, I went through with a surgery and after the surgery, I was like, okay, never again will I not listen to this incredible, loud, you know, I, I treat my uterus now like it's, you know, almost this separate personality. It's this portal to like this cosmic space beyond. What, what is it and, telling and, me? What is my womb yeah, telling me? I just me? think yeah, there really yeah. is a time in our cycle where we're more introspective, you know, during menstruation and that uh, we benefit so much from really honoring that and listening and writing and really taking away from that time of how yeah. we're going to traverse the rest of the month. So I learned about yoni steaming less than a year after I'd had this surgery. 
as part of me, you know, just discovering all these different wellness practices to really get to know my body again and to be embodied. And this one for me was just like the game changer. Uh, I was at a women's circle uh, on the summer solstice in 2016. And the woman that was leading it was like, here's a sachet of herbs, everyone go home and and try this out. And and there wasn't really that much instruction. And so that's when I had this moment to kind of sit with myself in my own space, on my own terms, and completely relax that part of my body. And it was just a super cathartic, revelatory moment where I was like, okay, this is the ticket for me to kind of time either like a few days before menstruation, which is when I really prefer to do it, um, as well as a few days after to start to kind of go into that descent of the menstrual phase of our cycle and, yeah. you know, honor that slowness. And yeah, yeah. so it was really, it wasn't that that, you know, healed the polyp. I really got to the point where it got so large where I needed surgery, but it, it definitely made me focus more on how to take better care of myself around my cycle and to like celebrate the you know changing behaviors that are very natural and they're with good reason and i'm certain that that's you know why i've been able to maintain a super healthy uterus ever since i've you know gone on to have two beautiful pregnancies and births um well into my late 30s even 40s my my son was born last year um healing postpartum you know even kind of navigating you know recuperation after miscarriage in between my two children there's just been so many ways that you know having that time and being able to really focus on honoring and relaxing and creating ritual around the world yeah yeah um, yeah it's been super beneficial so you know there's a lot of doubters out there and what they do is they go online and they go to pubmed and they look for the research there's almost zero research and i know that kelly garza and kimberly ann johnson and a couple other people authored a paper on postpartum yoni steaming and it was a very small group of people this is not a criticism it's just like it was self-funded they don't have a million dollars sitting around to study this um, but just because there's a lack of, of quote, evidence, you know, in the published literature doesn't mean that there isn't some benefit to this. But, you know, to add to that, this is an ancient practice that predates modern medicine by centuries, if not millennia. I mean, this is something that we know was taking place and it continues to take place as a part of routine um, self-care in a variety of countries. When I was living in Korea, um, it kind of sounds like what you had, Andrew, sort of like a there was like this rotating sauna and cold plunge and showers and, and everything. They have these, these, uh, Korean spas. Um, <clears throat> when my wife and I were teachers there, this is before med school and before everything, she remembers seeing like steaming as an option there. It was just like a part of what you do when you go to your self care day at the sauna, at the spa. And when we think of spas, we think of like manicures and facials and all of that. And that, is offered at those those facilities, but it's more more importantly, your phone is away and you're just like being still for a period of time. It might be multiple hours at the spa, going between the cold and the hot and the steam room and the dry sauna. And then maybe you do actually some yoni steaming while you're there as well. So it's this has been a part of many cultures. And just because it is a little strange to us Americans doesn't mean that it isn't beneficial. So I encourage everybody to try it. Um, 
and to really embrace that it may not even just be the steam or the the herbs that are added. It could also just be like you've taken some time to just be still by yourself. And Andrew, you can comment on this, of course. Being in a dry sauna, yes, it's hot. And yes, it, it feels good to sweat and all these things. And it makes you feel jazzed for the day. But also your phone's away and you're just like being still for 20 minutes. There's actually some real great health benefits to that. Um, so Andrew, let me take it back to you. Maybe you and then Jess, you can answer this as well. What sort of testimonials have come through since you've had people starting their steaming practices? Like what sorts of conditions maybe have they reversed? How have they felt after they started it? Um, maybe you can just, I'll just open the box there. You guys can both comment if you've been receiving any feedback. Well, let's see. One woman that is a Mayan abdominal massage therapist who's been practicing steaming for the last 25 years, she was saying, and she also wow. teaches. Um, for her, you know, this has been a regular part of her practice, but since having the seat, she's just saying it's making it so much more so much simpler that she's able to do it more regularly and has noticed some shifts like post-menopause where she's feeling, you know, a bit more sensation come back, even though she's been practicing for a long time, being able to make it a more regular ritual with a tool that just makes it so much more accessible with her typical routine has really changed the way that she's feeling in her body. Did you um, say sensation? Like she has more, uh, like better... Yeah. Sexual gratification is that yeah, what you I mean think by that? Something what happens, something that happens too, especially for postmenopausal women, is that you know all like the the pelvic, the pelvic bowl or all the ligaments and tendons, you know, that start to kind of like tense up or even like yeah, uh, that there's just a deeper relaxation and that allows for more space and more space, you know, for blood to flow, to increase circulation, to kind of engorge the area. So I think that's potentially why women are starting to feel more sensation, um, more, you know, stimulation than they may have otherwise, just by like getting into that practice of expanding the area and releasing or contracting. And that this is a tool that can help you exercise that um yeah. and it's kind of involuntary too i think that's what's nice you know it's not like kegeling or doing something where you you know very uh you have to put tapping some, like, or something muscle. yeah it's yeah. Just, yeah i think that's what i love about it too and when i'm saying relax it's not like even like meditation where it's this practice that you have to kind of build up over time to really truly enter these states um with steaming it's almost immediate once your underbody is met with this moist aromatic heat our mm. bodies just melt and i think that's what's so beautiful about it you don't have to know how to do anything you don't have to have any like fancy certifications you just have to make the space for yourself to really deeply relax and take care and recognize you know it's part of our collective human history to commune with plants and the elements and really understand and get to know our bodies because i think that's something that's been kind of taken away from us as women for and and men you know all humans since really like industrializing medicine we've forgotten that for you know the buildup of generations and generations of you know genetic coded knowledge of how to oh, really yeah. work with plants and know how our bodies work has sort of been now put in these like fancy towers and we go to someone else to really understand how we work um, mm. i think that's why it's harder to listen in and understand why when things are going wrong. 
Um, but yeah, I think that was one feedback that we got that was really fascinating to me. Um, even for fertility, for sure, women that have been trying to get pregnant that are even, you know, doing IVF or IUI, uh, they're steaming, you know, around after menstruation and right before ovulation or even when they ovulate before trying to conceive or yeah. having intercourse, that that can be a really great time to, you know, thin the mucus, you know, help get things really relaxed and ready to receive and hold. Uh, so fertility has been yeah, a great use for vaginal steaming. Well, or even there are, you know, there's a few um, fertility specialists out there that are pretty cutting edge that will recommend doing vaginal steams when prior to coming in for the actual like insemination or implantations that they're doing at, at, at certain clinics. Um, Rob Kiltz is a, is a name drop that I'll throw out there. He's, he's big in the, in the keto space right now, but he's a pretty well-known fertility specialist who advocates for vaginal steams for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be a part when I had my own fertility program, which I stopped offering because it was an administrative nightmare because it was like, it was just too many balls in the air all at once. So when I have a brick and mortar facility and I can offer steams, that would be something we would be doing on site. But what I would do is just send them the herbs, help them get the setup and then have them doing that at least on a weekly basis. Or if you guys are curious, one um, sort of protocol, if you want to call it, that would be, you know, three consecutive days before your bleed, anytime during your cycle before your bleed, and then three after you've stopped the bright red flow in order to kind of just cleanse and restore the, the womb space, which um, when I when I think about like when people ask like, what are the, for what reasons would you do steaming? It's like, I can't think of a reason not to do steaming. That's kind of the thing. Yeah. This is not a pharmaceutical. Like this is something that can just be a part of your regular care so that you don't end up with an issue that now needs to quote, be treated. Let's just give the body the tools and restore the blood flow to the tissues that are really, really trying to optimally, uh, you know, optimally function, let's just say. I will, uh, the laundry list of things that I've seen people improve on is intermenstrual bleeding, which is usually indication that there's a polyp, heavy bleeding, which could be fibroids, adenomyosis. It could be that you're not ovulating sufficiently. The steam gets to the ovaries, to the tubes, to the uterus. Um, persistent HPV, this is a big part. In fact, your, your uh, product is featured in this new program that at the time of people listening to this is out there. It's called, it's clearhpv.com. The program is called Clear and Free, your holistic solution to persistent HPV. People who have early cervical dysplasia, they've got HPV that just isn't being integrated well by the immune system. So much benefit there from this. That combined with some directed supplementation and an already healthy lifestyle, this is the women's healthcare package. Like this is a part of that package, that program for nearly every single person that comes my way. So I hope that we can get as many of these stools into people's hands as possible. I wanted to um, quickly go back to something you guys had talked about, which is sort of like the body literacy that we learn. You guys and, and I are about the same age. But if you could go back to middle school and think like, what did we really learn about women's health and health class? Like all those hours we spent. Uh, Andrew, do you remember learning anything at all about like how babies are actually made or about women's cycles or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I went through the standard, uh, I guess, <laughs> like sex ed classes when I was sixth, seventh, eighth grade, uh, you know, back in the, I guess that would have been mid, late 
mid nineties. Um, mm-hmm. and it was pretty, pretty old school. Nothing. I mean, like I had zero awareness, you know, compared to the information that, that we have today. I mean, I didn't really start, I didn't start learning or like really like thinking about the menstrual cycle in the way that I understand it now until I was really until we started embarking on this whole journey that we've been on with this product. I mean, probably that's awesome. Seven, seven or eight years ago. And well, for actually for me, I'll, I'll rewind. I had a, I've had my own experiences with plant medicine that kind of opened me up to otherworldly energies and what I would call the, the divine feminine essence and energy. Um, I know you talk about psychedelics in some of your programs, but the, boy, that, the interview is going to get a little longer. Okay. Yeah. That, that was kind of like, well, when Jessica first came to me and told me about Yoni steaming and what it was doing, I had already had this like previous download of like um, sacred womb portal, feminine energy. You know, even before you, before the steam seat, we were talking about like menstrual blood and we did a thing. We did some kind of ritual where you, uh, what did we do? You put, you, you like put some menstrual blood on the, the back of your neck, on yes, the I back did. of my neck. Go on. What was, what was the, I, this is a long time ago we did it, but there was like a specific purpose that I don't recall at this moment. I think it was, you know, because <laughs> we had just moved in together and I think it, we were kind of exploring our like intuitive communication and that was something I had read about and I was like, oh, let's give this a try. I mean, we kind of did it in a playful way. Um, but I think for me too, that was when I, you know, post polyp surgery was like celebrating the visual of my bright red menstrual blood because I hadn't wow. seen that for many years uh, of my 20s. Yeah, so I was like, wow. Right. And I was learning about, you know, not sticking tampons way up there to plug it up and let everything coagulate and leave it oh, up yeah. there for eight hours. I was like, oh, I can use a cup and then yeah. I can take the cup out and I can look at what this stuff is <laughs> and what it looks like and and make the connection that it's all, you know, the lining of my uterus that there's this pear-shaped sized organ that's sitting as the crown jewel in my pelvic bowl. I just, I was having my own epiphanies around that and we both really were. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was when I was really collecting my blood and we were looking at it and you were a part of that, which I really appreciated. That is dope. Keep going. Yeah. yeah so I, I, okay. When all this was happening too, it, like the shift in awareness for me was, okay, first of all, if you remember growing up, like as a guy, like being in the gym, in the locker room, like the the period thing was kind of taboo. And it's always something that you would joke about or kind of like make fun of. Or if you'd walk down the menstrual products aisle in a, you know, in a pharmacy, you, you wouldn't want to be seen there as a guy or you'd feel awkward looking at it or whatever. And for me, like having that, the, the plant medicine experience combined with, you know, just the learning that I had with Jessica and everything that she had gone through, and this 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 kind of cosmic download that I got was like the the realization hit me that this stuff is it, it's like magical actually oh yeah you know? like it's a magical process this cyclical nature that the of of the woman going through this this cycle every month and the uterine lining shedding I mean this is the place where all humans come from right this is like the the portal for life it's inside every woman's body so the reason that we're all here is because this 
sort of alchemical yes it's scientific but it's also it's like there it, it's it's the great mystery it's, it's a great mystery of life that we don't completely even understand so understanding that that is what what that really is is like a is a powerful realization and then yeah. so then shifting my mindset from of this like oh that's this gross weird thing to like whoa this is <clears throat> this is everything actually this is this is something to be in total awe of yeah um, so that you know having that kind of awareness around what the process really is uh, of of this, of this this feminine cycle especially at the time when she started doing the steaming was kind of like what what i found to be really reassuring when we made the decision to go all in on this product because we're like this is crazy you know i'm I, i'm a real estate broker by trade and i done a lot of other things i'm a musician and did some acting and she's an architect and it was like we knew this was going to be a a, ma a massive undertaking to do this but like that awareness around what this is and as a what this feminine cycle is and where it was at culturally but like how much value it was giving to her and the potential value that it has for women and we saw an opportunity to you know make that process better and easier and do it in a in a really you know streamlined mm. modern way mm. was um I, having that awareness about the whole thing is kind of like what reassured me that we were like on the right track and we were onto something and helped me commit to like the massive commitment that it's taken to to get to where we are with this business yeah. product yeah man um that's far more in alignment with how I show up in the world than in a prescriptive way of doing things, right? If if you're looking for, you know, diagnosis A gets treatment A, like that's, you could do that in naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine, Chinese medicine, allopathic medicine. You could do that, but that prescriptive way of looking things oversimplifies some of the greater mysteries of life. And what I love about this conversation around Yoni steaming is first off, just because we don't know the mechanism doesn't mean that it doesn't work. There are, are countless women who have come back to me and said, thank you for recommending Yoni steaming. And it costs them like 50 bucks, right? I mean, once they get the stool, maybe they're spending 50 to $100 on herbs or they're just gathering herbs in their garden or in the woods. You know, my my wife, when she was uh, had our babies, my she's Mexican and her mother would bring back a whole suitcase filled with postpartum steaming herbs. It was just like a part of the thing. It wasn't like, hey, what's the issue? Here's the prescription. It was like, here, use these herbs. This will help her connect back with her womb space and, and, and heal that area. Could it be that healing is actually a response to us connecting to the tissues that most need the healing? In other words, like what you said, Jess, like the polyp was a message or persistent HPV. There's a signal there, but that's actually not the problem. The problem is, is that you've been de detached from your body. And I think original sin and a lot of our biblical scriptures and all of this, I think it actually detaches us from our own nature, which is what you were getting at, Andrew. And if you go into a deep enough dive with mushrooms or something like that, suddenly it all becomes clear for the moment and you can't unsee that. Suddenly now you're being born through the womb of like, through this Shakti energy brought by the mushrooms, you're being born by the universe anew in this alternate universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's kind of an ineffable experience. But once you go through that, you start to realize just how important this very nature of connectedness is. 
And then if we have tools to help facilitate that on a regular basis, that's where real healing comes from. This is what salutogenesis looks like. It's not a prescription for a problem. It is a reconnecting with who you are on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. And then once you've embraced that, that dance of health and well-being and connection and sex and intimacy and all of that, that comes as a consequence of this better interconnectedness of ourselves with our surroundings, with our partners, and with our communities. So um, rant over, but I just love everything well you guys said. just threw me the conversation. <laughs> well, it's even a good reminder for us that that's like the real reason why have putting, you know, we made a product. This is like a tangible yeah. object, a thing that's part of, you know, our consumerist way of operating right now. Like we're, we're selling something, but the real intention behind it is this like big need for a massive cultural shift. And like, we're playing our part by making a home electronic vaginal steam seat to try to shake hands with as many people as we possibly can. And just get, you know, open that portal a bit more widely to making women recognize like that there's this incredible organ inside of their body that they have full access to all the time in any given moment. Yeah. Um, and mm. so, yeah, we're, we have to remind ourselves that almost every, I mean, we don't really have to, but that's like the, really what's at the forefront for us uh, in creating this for sure. Yeah, and it's exciting, you know, that it we're, we finally have it. It really has been like seven years of back and forth and making sure we're doing this, you know, in the best possible way. But now that it's, you know, physically here, we're like just so lit up by connecting around with so many people that are tuning in to this, you know, reorientation of how we feel in our bodies. And yeah. I'll, just, I'll just add on to that, that this, you know, bringing it back from the cosmic just to something very uh pragmatic you know one of the if you if you google vaginal steaming and you look it up you know there's media critics and naysayers and one of the one of the other biggest criticisms that is out there is that oh why would you need to steam your vagina because yeah. vaginas are self-cleaning yeah. and it, steaming just means that they're just trying to tell you that your vagina is dirty. That you're and that's dirty. Yeah. yeah. Which is like it, nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, so and I think this goes along with everything that we were saying, like, no, this is recognizing that your body is your, the, the vagina is a self cleaning magical powerhouse and it's incredible. And this is a tool to help aid in your body's natural processes, like first and foremost. So, you know, for, regardless of all the, potential or the, the the double blind clinical research trials that haven't been done yet although we hope to you know be a part of like creating more of those in the future at some point but um regardless of all of that the anecdotal reports of benefits that women are getting from steaming are just continuing to pile up and pile up and pile up as we you know learn more and more about it and even if you don't have some specific particular health issue that you're that you're doing it for you know at the end of the day for all the reasons that we've been discussing this is a great way uh, for, you know, for someone to um, complement what their body is already naturally, magically, you know, scientifically doing uh, and connecting their mind back to that part of their body and, and working with it in that way. Yeah.
Hey guys, it's Nathan. Sorry for this brief interruption, but I got to tell you about a new offering that I'm going to be making available this fall. You've heard about the Born Free Method. That's our comprehensive pregnancy and postpartum program that includes 12 months of weekly calls, 100 plus video modules, tons of citations around pregnancy and postpartum. Well, Born Free is an umbrella under which there's going to be a lot of other courses. And the second course in this anthology is called Clear and Free, Your Solution to Persistent HPV. It's a collaborative effort between me and Mimi Linquist of the Medicine Podcast. She um, is a relative expert in, uh, I say relative because I don't consider anybody a full expert in anything, but Mimi has gone deep into human papillomavirus and some of the ways that we can use lifestyle to augment the immune system in hopes that your routine screening for HPV or your routine pap smears are going to come up negative and clear. So you can go another three to five years and not even think about it until your next um, appointment, whereby hopefully you'll screen negative again. So the typical path that many women experience of all ages in their OBGYN clinic is, hey, you're due for a pap smear and we're going to test for HPV as well. If one of those comes back abnormal, your OBGYN is going to say, oh, darn it, it's abnormal. Why don't you come back for a repeat screening in six months or 12 months? And this process continues, right, until you end up with either a progression of abnormal cells in the cervix caught on pap smear or a persistence of human papillomavirus, meaning your body has not been able to integrate the message of this virus, right? Remember, viruses are not living things. So in the meantime, your OBGYN or your midwife or nurse practitioner hasn't given you any tools in order to help support your immune system through diet, through movement, through sleep, through stress management, through hydration, through all of those modifiable lifestyle factors so that you can be sure that if you had an HPV um, positive screen initially, that the next time it's going to be negative. Now, the other part of that conversation, of course, is, hey, I got the HPV vaccine. Aren't I safe now? Well, the problem with Gardasil 9, which is the primary vaccine that is offered to young men and women as early as age nine, has not been demonstrated to be either effective at preventing cervical cancer nor safe because of the aluminum adjuvants and everything else. So there's a lot of controversy around HPV and cervical cancer and even cervical cancer screening methods along with this vaccine. What do I do? Should I get it? Should I not get it? Should my little girls get this vaccine? And so Given this sort of swirling (laughs) pool of information and misinformation out there, I went deep as well. And Mimi and I teamed up in order to clarify for everybody out there the realities around what HPV and cervical cancer screening looks like, what can be done while you're waiting for your follow-ups in order to support your immune system to integrate the message of that virus and avoid any abnormal cells developing and hopefully avoid painful biopsies or even worse, leap procedures, cold knife comb procedures, and of course, worst case scenario, cervical cancer. There's so much that's in your power. Your doctors, your practitioners probably aren't maybe educated or incentivized to share all of that information, but we're going to do that through this course, as well as all of the realities around vaccines, especially Gardasil 9. Um, We look at data from the United States and elsewhere in the world. We speak to um, attorneys who are litigating on this topic around Gardasil 9. What you can expect from the course is around 90 lessons self-guided. And we're going to also offer monthly calls for six months after you enroll with me and Mimi, where we're going to be able to answer all of your questions and provide you with that support that perhaps you aren't getting from the healthcare professionals that you've entrusted 
um, your, your cervical cancer screening and your well woman care. So we get into HPV, we get into cervical cancer screening, we get into the immune system, vaccines, viruses. It's everything you've wanted to know about any of those topics. Go to the link in the show notes and you'll find your way to book an enrollment call and we'll get you enrolled right there. We're going to be enrolling in October. I hope to see you there. Yeah, you know, there's the big criticism. I think Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, sort of efforts to bring to light, and I think Chrissy Teigen was talking about steaming. I think they got a lot of shit because I, from from certain feminists, which I'm not so certain that they're that they really are the future of feminism, would say that these technologies, like you said, um, our promotion of these technologies is is a promotion of this this sort of, um, again, it, it kind of goes back to our Protestant and Catholic sort of roots here in the United States, but that you're dirty, that menstruation is, is, is dirty and, and unhygienic, and you should just tap that thing off and not talk about your blood or not, you know, let anybody know you're bleeding. Like this is this hush hush thing when really this there's 13 cycles per year is actually the most beautiful part about being a woman. That is actually very anti-feminist, to, according to many feminists. But I think that the modern movement of feminism is a, fuck all of that, what actually feels right in your body right now? Like, when are you going to reclaim your power as a woman and your inextricable link with nature? Which, Andrew, you and I, unfortunately, we don't have quite that link that women do. But that same link to nature has also been the main source of... Um, uh, what's the what's the word? The sort of main thread that so many critics of this uncleanliness sort of hypothesis around femininity, that that, that I mean that like perpetrated the witch trials and everything else. That women are these like disgusting creatures, right? So, what we're talking about with this theming is not hey your your pussy needs cleaned. We're saying hey if you can do this practice, you're going to be better connected to that sort of inner nature and the nature of your environment such that you are actually now taking that power back by, by tuning into what it is that you actually feel right now and forget what everybody tells you about what you should feel or what you should be or how you should show up in the world. You are taking actually some power and ownership and saying, I'm going to do this because this feels good and I'm going to I'm going to honor my womb space. That's the center of life force energy. It's your second chakra. Again, predates way earlier than our modern sort of understanding or scientific knowledge around you know, menstruation or reproductive health or reproductive justice. This is a matter of reclaiming that thing that makes you so beautiful and powerful in the world, which is recreating life. Or, or you could say recreating life, depending on your your views of karma and dharma and everything else. But you know, my point here is that this is a practice that honors your feminine, as opposed to cleansing you of that sort of thing that they used to say about women in the past. This is not what we're talking about here. Again, end rant. <laughs> oh, it's so true, and I think this practice really offers an opportunity to you know, have a ritual around menstruation for women. So it's yeah. you know, this kind of dependable 
you know, ritual that your body can count on happening. You know, once we kind of create these patterns, we, we, we already are patterning as cycling biorhythmic bodies, but I think also adopting rituals where you can slow down and honor and recognize, you know, that you're in that liminal space between your bleed and when you'll kind of rise back up to ovulation and really like soak that in. I, I love that about this practice too, is that it, once you're committing to it, you're going to also be committing to knowing when you're menstruating. I think so many women don't even know when that's really going to happen. Yeah. It kind of surprises them every month, you know, a little blood shows up in your pants and then you're like, okay, I guess I should take care of that. I, I know so many people that operate that way where it's kind of this afterthought instead of really putting it front and center for how you're really planning your entire month. And so many people like in the way that we're operating in our society, like there's not a lot of space for that. So like we have to yeah. really start creating it. And one way to create that is by like committing to these rituals, you know, reframing our calendar. I started putting in our shared digital calendar of like when I'm menstruating each month so that like my whole family is like really very much Didn't aware you? of these yeah. changing times. But I think that's the real hope is that we can start to really like turn the dial on you know, the 24 hour cycle to like the quarterly cycle. Yeah. I mean, I, I say this over and over and over again, but everybody's like, damn the system and damn the man. And I'm tired of people taking my, you know, taxes and you're not going to take my gun and all this other stuff. The most disruptive thing you can do right now with the amount of money being spent in modern healthcare is to make yourself as healthy as possible so that you don't need the surgeries and the polypectomies and the hysteroscopies and the birth control and all of these other hormonal methods, the surgeries and everything else, like if they can't rely on you to pay them all of that money, then that is the most disruptive thing you can do to a system that is largely stripped of us of our power and our life and is continuing to do that. So I home think birth. that these self-care practices, home birth, I mean, that is yeah. one of the most radical things you can do nowadays, which sounds ridiculous, but it really is. It really that's is. Did you guys have crazy. home births? It's yes. crazy that that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Tell me about your birth. Yeah. I mean, I, let's see, I got pregnant and we had just moved out of New York City. Up oh, to yeah. a more... Can we, can I just interrupt you and rewind before we yeah. get pregnant? Because I actually wanted to tack on to what you were saying earlier, you know, about becoming more aware of your cycle, using steaming as a ritual and that being a, a practice, but that's like a, that's a step into intentional living and intentionality yeah. and so yeah. that was and steaming was an intentional part of our intentional conception practice for both of our children so we intentionally conceived very intentionally and it was like a slow ramp up with our first you know our first daughter I don't want to tell the whole your whole pregnancy story but I just wanted to throw that in there that you know, that's awesome. Steaming can be tied in with like the intentions, not just around monthly ritual, but around different, you know, life phases. And, and we that was part of an intentional uh, conception of both of our children. But please go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Yes. So once we got pregnant, yeah, I mean, most women don't even know that there are choices there. And I guess that was kind of what I was thinking at first, like, oh, well, people give birth in hospitals and you see your OB. But because we had just moved, I didn't even really have an OB established. And thankfully, I took a birth doula course probably like two years beforehand. So I was aware that there were other ways to do this. I just had to like really 
dig my heels in and find them because that's the uh, it, it's hard to find these other options especially if you're not in like a big city so um I took my time with that part so in the meantime I was seeing an OB at the hospital and straight away you know they were saying well you're of advanced maternal age you have to really be careful we'll probably induce you by 38 or 39 weeks you'll have to you know be lying on your back in these very specific positions like all these things that I was sort of like okay well I'm a very conscious person I can be in any environment and I I can do this I can birth the way I want to no matter what the circumstances are you know I had never done this before and I was sort of trying to sell myself that uh, that story for a bit until I got to being like 30 weeks pregnant and I started watching some YouTube videos one of a hospital birth and one of a home birth and I was like what am I <laughs> doing i designed a home electronic vaginal steam seat i'm definitely choosing <laughs> so so i uh I, yeah it's you're kind of living in a different uh strata of consciousness too during pregnancy so to like really get down and and do a lot of research feels really overwhelming to be honest so i really relied on my birth doula during that time and she helped connect me with a few other home birth midwives and even that part was hard because they were saying to me well this is a first time birth. You've already waited to like, I think it was like 32 or even 32 weeks along or 33 weeks along. And they were, you know, a little hesitant to take me on or maybe already all booked up. And I found one, Susan Rana said, who, who agreed to take me. But at first, you know, I had to drive out to her office. We had this whole interview process because I think she really wanted to make sure I was like serious about it. And I called her the next day and I was like, yes, I'm in. Let's do this. Um, and then the weeks passed, we had an incredible birthday. And of course, you don't know that that's going to be the day. But I remember, you know, waking up, feeling some intense cramping, Andrew being out for a run during that time. And I was like, okay, this could be something moving, something softening and opening. I think this is what it feels like. I'm not sure. And then it stopped. And uh, I was already 41 weeks and two days. So I had a biophysical profile, you know, ultrasound scheduled for that day um, just to make sure everything was looking all right since I was past the due date. And I was like, I, I guess we should go. She did air quotes for due date for those of you that are listening with good reason, because <laughs> what what is a due date really? And, how, you know, but I digress. Yeah, so we decided to go down to <clears throat> the same OB's office where I had a, who I was originally seeing to get this ultrasound done that was, you know, ordered by the home birth midwife. And that was kind of an interesting juxtaposition just to remember, yeah, like I'm not going to have to deal with these people again because they were like, well, where are you birthing? Like what? It was very confusing for them. I'm like, no, I'm just here to get. You know, at, it was pretty punk rock actually we showed up at the hospital and we're like yeah we need the ultrasound but like and they were kind of like yeah they were definitely looking at us a little bit funny like what are you doing back here because you guys left and we're like yeah we don't we're glad we left give but us I, the thing to be fair to appreciate <laughs> all the information like i'm the type of person that likes i liked I know some people are super against ultrasounds at all during pregnancy, but I really kind of like this marriage between, you know, we have certain technological 
opportunities during pregnancy to get more information and to feel more grounded and confident. And that was helpful for me. So I'm kind of glad I got to do that the day of my daughter's birth. Um, and then after that, we went and had lunch. We went swimming at our friend's property who has like a sauna that overlooks a pond with all these blue dragonflies flying everywhere. And that's when I start, when I got out of the water, that's when I started to kind of see some of my mucus plug dislodging. And uh, we drove back to our home. The sun was setting. We ate BLTs and I started vomiting and going to the bathroom and all the fluids were coming out from all angles. And once I recognized that I was going into labor, uh, I really started to go super, super inward. And um, it is definitely a blur. <laughs> <laughs> from there on but I think that's what happens is that you sort of you know you're it's such an embodied experience that like the body is doing all of this work but it felt so primal that this is what it's you know can this is what it does this is especially for a woman's body this is what it really knows how to do also involuntarily and I just had to get out of the way and I'm so grateful for all of the like mindfulness practices I had to just really trust my own body, trust the baby and, you know, be present in the moment, not thinking ahead of like, when's that next contraction coming that I have to like anticipate and feel a lot of anxiety around, but just to trust and know that, you know, as much sensation as I was feeling that it meant progress and that there would be rest oxytocin flooded rest in between so I really feel grateful that I had that type of mindset that I could labor and progress quite beautifully at home in my in our 250 year old farmhouse that we were renting and that probably hundreds of babies had been born in before mine and the midwife showed up around 11 p.m. Our doula was already there, though. Our we doula had, was there. I called the doula Jenny. She came over. She was extremely helpful too. I mean, it was when once you started really going into that active labor, uh, I became a little bit useless. Like you kind of just wanted me out of the picture. But then Jenny came, and she was really. I mean, we had a great doula, and then everything just happened in. Uh, the, at, at exactly the right time is what it, what it seemed like, you know, step by step. It was like I was kind of there for you, I think, in the beginning to feed you and uh, walk. Chase me around with a bucket. Chase you around with a bucket. <laughs> um, but trying then to she, keep the house clean. She needed, like, you. Jenny had some very, like, nice stretches for you, and she had these rebozos. I don't know. The rebozo didn't really help you that much, but. Um, I mean, the hip squeezes were, like, I just loved that that was really helpful but she was also having me like walk up and down our super steep stairs because later I found out like the dialogue she was having between the home birth midwives and herself about you know they were sort of like well make sure she's ready I feel like nobody believed that things were progressing so well because I was a first time you know birthing person and yeah they just didn't think that between 7 and 11 p.m. I was like as far along as I was but when they showed up and they they took a look they're like wow the head is right there like you're ready to go and so once I was in the pushing phase and in transition I did have a birth pool set up 
kind of like the water just never really got to the right level. So I kind of bypassed that. I sort of labored in the tub a bit, but I was laying on our sofa kind of in a sideline position. And once I started pushing, um, my sack of waters was what was crowning initially. So I'm grateful that our midwife's assistant was taking video of this because I'm so glad I can now look and really see it in full view. But it looked like this, you know, crystal ball emerging, like this very taut water balloon sack coming through, filled with like vernix. So it was kind of like shining in the light of her iPhone. And it, you know, I really took, I think almost like two hours to just let that stretch my tissues. So I was in a pretty good position for when, you know, that sack, long story, a little bit shorter, my daughter was born in call. So the sack started to emerge like this water balloon. And with the next push, her head kind of came through and was like shrink wrapped in the sack. And then the midwife kind of broke the veil around her head and with the third or fourth push the body came through and there she was and it was incredible but yeah she was what was that like for you andrew oh it was awesome i mean it was great it was awesome it was you know it's like you know i'd said i've done these ceremonies before plant medicine ceremonies this was a ceremony this was like the ultimate ceremony and so i was just there like you know uh, holding space more or less and you know had a hand for her to squeeze like during you know when she was going through these contractions but i was i was in shock i had a dream i think of a couple nights before the birth that our that the baby was going to be born like that her water wasn't going to break and the baby was going to be born and call in the sack and i had just kind of like i wasn't assuming that that was going to happen but then i started seeing her with like each of these contractions what started out as a tiny little like pearl like gradually grow into this exploding like this crystal ball that was coming out of her vagina it was like the most incredible i couldn't even believe that i was like this is no way that wow. this is even real <laughs> blew up into this ball and then like on the final push yeah you know the head came through we didn't and we didn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl so we didn't know but yeah it was our our daughter but yeah my daughter's head came through and um wow. it was unbelievable but you know then speaking to the midwives afterwards they're like there's so that experience there's no way that would have happened in a hospital there's just, oh yeah there's like there's no yeah. way it would have gone down that way you know so I can't tell, I can't explain like how grateful I am that, you know, that Jessica made ultimately the the decision for us to do that home birth and, and to be, to, to have that experience in our home was just absolutely priceless. And to see my daughter be, be born in that way was like the most incredible moment of my entire life. Un- unbelievable. And just, just phenomenal, phenomenally amazing. And I, and I was so proud. Life-changing. Of, yeah, and I was so proud of of of, of Jessica uh, for just doing it, and she she was like in her full power, you know, like just in the the, the glorious moment, you know, of just uh, yeah, Nick, words can't even describe it. Yeah, Jess, did you do any steaming afterwards, and when did you start, and and what blend did you use? Yes, so I, you know, it was such 
it's such an intense experience to give birth and even to become mother, you know, like that transition too was like, I just didn't realize how loaded all of those feelings would be. And, um, I think, you know, see, I was reading so much about steaming and listening to friends talk about it. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to steam like the very next day. I'm going to steam right away. I'm a steamer. I'm a ste but that didn't really settle right with me. I mean, you're, my whole body really did feel very vulnerable and like blasted open. And there's a part of me that really wanted to like revel in where it was kind of uninterrupted because I had chosen home birth. I could really do that. So I kind of lied in my bed with the baby naked for several days, you know, not even really showering, just really like feeling all of those feelings. You know, our, the atmosphere in our home was just thick late July air that had been like, you know, vaporized with oxytocin. So just like we were still in, basking in this hormonal beauty. So uh, yeah, even steaming to me felt like, like it was going to be disruptive, which I kind of surprised me, but I did have to have, um, I had first degree tear. So I had a couple of stitches and I talked to my midwife at the time about seaming and she was like, well, let's, you know, check in on your stitches in a few days and see what feels right. So I actually waited until my stitches dissolved around, um, four weeks postpartum. Um, and I did feel, you know, I was really conscious about making sure I wasn't going to like force that, that it felt, you know, aligned for me, that that was the right time. And then I steamed, you know, really daily, um, for probably a full week before I started to kind of slow down a bit, uh, cause it still just felt really vulnerable, but it was super helpful for, you know, general like inflammation down there from, from the pushing. I really did have like a longer pushing phase. So I felt like all my tissues and muscles were like bruised. Uh, so I felt a lot of relief from heat. I know a lot of people apply cold packs and do a lot of cold things, but I'm definitely more of a hot release that feels getting more. blood flow going yeah, yeah. yes for yeah. sure um and yeah i steam with mugwort which really helps you know increase circulation and with that like release action I still had you know a bit of lochia coming through during that time it was quite you know less around a month month and a half into it but yeah that felt really good and yeah even from you know, the minor tearing that I did have, I could feel, you know, certain herbs like calendula are really great for your skin, uh, for healing soft tissues. Um, and even just, you know, again, like using steaming as a ritual and honoring, uh, nursing during steaming, you know, having that kind of oxytocin that, that helps the uterus contract and shrink back to its pre-pregnancy state while nursing, while steaming just felt so beautiful. And, you know, really doing that as part of like community care, we're talking so much about like self-care and this being like kind of like a solo ritual, but I have two younger sisters, you know, that came to my home and fed me and braided my hair and helped me set up my steam. And I think that's a big part of the postpartum healing too, is feeling, you know, super supported and that we're not doing this alone and that, you know, honoring rest and relaxation did we what did we so did you use a, one of our seats at that time did we have a prototype we had no. like an early prototype maybe. yeah yes yeah, the orange one yeah 
The orange one. <laughs> the orange. I mean, that's another thing too. Is like we still were. When you were asking Andrew if he had steamed before with our seat, I was remembering like while I was pretty pregnant was when we were getting a lot of the prototypes in. So I couldn't personally, you know, it was kind of like mid-pregnancy. I I would sit on it for like a moment, but I I just didn't feel like that was. I mean, it's really not recommended to steam during pregnancy when you're really in that holding phase. So. So Andrew was having to sit on it That's or I was, true, we were yeah. using our hands or like I would kind of put my elbow in there. Well, we were yeah. doing all these tests on the temperature. You know, we had like we had to set up a, a system to test the accuracy of the, the temperature gauge um, and the, the feedback cycle of that. So, you know, we were and she couldn't even she she was like really. Yeah, she was in the she wasn't in a, a position where she was going to be steaming like in the middle of her pregnancy. So that was that was kind of challenging because like we. I was, yeah, I was kind of a tester at that time. Well, guys, I'm glad you did all of that work. You know, I've looked into producing products of my own and that whole like third party testing and the testing for phthalates and BPA and BPS and all this other stuff. It is a total, um, it's the reason that there's not a lot of great products out there is because it's such a headache. So thank you for going through that, investing your time and your limited resources into making what I hope becomes like a household item. You know, I hope that everybody has one of these and then they get tired of using it and it's sitting in the garage and then they're all over Facebook marketplace and, and everything else. And then just sort of like, you know, um, like, like coffee tables. Like I wish it was just something that everybody knew about and had, and you guys, I think can quickly, um, with this episode and some of the other affiliates you have out there, I think Ben Greenfield, doesn't he also support your product yeah so he's a, yeah, a buddy of mine Jessa. ben and his wife jessa so they they're amazing they, they both use it yeah it's the way to go it's the way to go i'm just glad that this stuff the word the the good word is getting out there so um we've you know we've talked about the website quite a bit why don't you one last time ring off how can people find a stool um the code is beloved 20 but maybe you can just tell people about the website and where else they should go in order to get more information Yes, our website is leamoon.com. That's L-E-I-A moon.com. There's a lot of great information and resources up there too. Great FAQ page and you know other interview series we've done with experts and doctors like Nathan himself. Um, and you can go on over to our shop to use your special code. We're also on Instagram at leamoonwomen, uh, Facebook as well. And one last thing I'll tell people is I actually found that if you add some chamomile essence or even just count chamomile flowers or like just a chamomile tea bag and you use it in your device, you actually will send out a little face sort of uh, adapter and you can actually give yourself steaming facials. Yeah. If you guys are watching, um, Jess has it here in the video. Yeah, every steam um, seat, by the that. way, comes comes with a you know a, a smaller size of our signature V Steam herb blend. It comes with the facial steam attachment. It comes with the removable stainless steel herb infusion cup, and you get access to a guided audio meditation that Jessica has recorded. And I'll plug her for that because Amazing. it's awesome. So it's like a really nice way to drop in if it's especially if it's your first time. But even if it's not, it's like we've gotten incredible feedback on that. So you get a lot when you, you know, when you purchase a Leomoon steam seat. Yeah. Oh, and, it's a, and there's a red light function as well. Oh, light. yeah. I love yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. yeah tell, just say something about that. I love that, especially for the facial part. I'm getting like a red light therapy and I'm getting the steam, but go ahead. 
riff on that. Why'd well, you guys add I the red light component? What's great about red light is that you know it penetrates the skin on a cellular level, so it's you know without adding ambient heat to the atmosphere. So if you're heat sensitive, it's a great way to also promote circulation, cell regeneration to the body without excess heat. Yeah, and these are combination dual near infrared red light LEDs. So they're 660 and 850 nanometers. If you do the research on near infrared and red light, those are the two most beneficial wavelengths as far as the voluminous amount of scientific research and studies that have you know done been done over the past 30 plus years showing the benefits. And Lamoon is the only steam seat that that has those. Amazing guys, leamoon.com. Use code beloved20, you'll get 20% off. Thank you guys so much for giving me some time today. And um, we'll send as many people your way as, as we possibly can. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in another amazing episode of the Holistic Abidjan podcast. Under wraps, if you want to find me, Nathan Riley, I'm the host. I am an MD. I'm a fellow of ACOG, meaning I'm a board-certified Abidjan. I'm also a board-certified hospice and palliative care physician. You can find all of my services and products at BelovedHolistics.com, including an online shop with discount codes for all of the brands that are at the top of their category, from water and hydration to supplements to um, courses. I mean, there's so much there. So go check that out. I also offer private consultation. You can buy packages. I'm also, um, of course, the PRP fertility program is open to all comers. You can find all of that at belovedholistics.com. If you're a midwife and you need collaboration from a physician, I got you. Go to Beloved Holistics. You'll find everything there. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please support the sponsors. If you haven't left a five-star review, please go do that. It really, really means a lot. And lastly, if something in this episode touched you, share it with somebody that you love. I'm sure that they're going to love it too. We'll see you next week right back here on the Holistic Obi-Juan podcast. Take care and do no harm. Take no shit. Bye-bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.